following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network. Work. You're listening to Jones and Brown. Both of you are crazy. Both well, Mike Jones and John Brown. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Your boys are back. It's been a long break, man. Summer's uh, summer's just about over. It's time for us to get back to work. Welcome to the season premiere of the Jonesy and Brown Show. That is Mike Jones. I am John Brown. Here to talk Philly sports because that's what we do. That's who we are. Mike Jones, what's going on, my friend? Oh, man. You, you want to start the season. Start Not... We're not talking about necessarily the new Eagles season, or we're going to get into that. We'll, we'll get to the Eagles. Jonesy, the season of Jonesy and Brown. Mm-hmm. You are going to start the season with a heavy side. Mm-hmm. Why? What do we do all this show, JB? Tell the truth. No, but Tell like, the truth the, and, 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 and more general than that, like general, like the most basic terms. If I asked you. Somebody asked you, what's this show about? What would you say? Show's about uh, uh, ar- arguing. Um, no, like the basic topic. What, what What's your show about? Sports. What do we talk about? Our show is about sports. Okay. We talk sports. We do talk sports. Uh, do you know what my favorite sport is, JB? Your favorite sport is the round ball. You are a basketball fan. You are a hoops man. Mm-hmm. That is the sport that you love. That is the sport that you played um, at at a high so, level. So here's my question. Sport that you've coached. So if we're here to talk Philly sports. Yes. And my favorite sport is basketball. That's where I, I can't believe that's where you want to start right now. Why do you think you get that deep sigh from me? <sighs> Because of the current state of our Philadelphia 76ers. There you go. There you go. That's why I'm starting with a deep sigh. Yeah, yeah. Um, We're back for another season, and guess we, what? We, Here yeah. we go again. Oh, boy. Look. A flawed point guard yeah. who, who's a head case once out. Now, you remember when this dude was in Houston? Yes. He was a regular member of my... Point guards you can't win with. with. Yes, yes. He he was a card-carrying member. Mm -hmm. Was it because of his talent? No, no. It's because of his skill level and his mindset. You said you couldn't win with him. And and I did not disagree with you. You you have made that case if you are unfamiliar with why James Harden was on the list, uh, on Mike Jones' list, a point guard you can't win with, check our archives. BITWsports.com, wherever you get your podcast from, check our archives. He's he's going on record and explaining it. Yes, plenty of times times. before. James Harden now wants out. And the thing is, when he came here, against my own better judgment, I tried to maintain hope that Glenn Rivers could get through to James Harden and somehow James Harden would use his superior skill set 
to play proper basketball. Yes. He did it in stretches. Yes. Now that Doc Rivers is gone, he said publicly that it was a fight with Harden to try to get him to move the ball and play winning basketball. Mm. It was apparently the beginning of the rift between the two was a game where Harden went four for 19 while Embiid had 39 points in that game and was rolling. And after the game, privately in a film session, Doc tells Harden, you might want to think about passing a little more when you're mm-hmm. four for 19 and, and Embiid is rolling. Is yeah. That was the beginning of the rift between these two guys. Your coach coaching you is you're a professional athlete Mm -hmm. and you take offense to being coached by your head coach who's a former professional at the same position you're playing. You have made how you feel about James Harden very clear. I feel as if, and the acquisition of James Harden mm-hmm. seemed to have seen at the time and, and, and to an extent remains the best option that was presented from the last point guard that mm-hmm. we had this problem with. So, Correct. so this might have been this, this might have been the first time in a long series of questionable moves that this franchise has made as it has tried to rebuild itself with with this this incarnation. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, where if we were talking about who we passed up to draft the last point guard we got rid of, who we who we passed up in the subsequent draft after we drafted the last point guard we had to get rid of. Some questionable moves along the way. Who we kept, who we allowed to leave. There's a lot of questionable moves. A lot of questionable the, moves. Along the course of the process. Yes. A lot of questionable moves. Who we've now, drafted, who we've moved, mm-hmm. who, who we kept. didn't draft, who yes. we kept, who, mm-hmm. we did, who we didn't re-sign. This... this, this Present move, and, and probably this is why why we are the most frustrated with the Philadelphia 76ers is because, unfortunately, this was the best move out there. This was all we could do. We had mm-hmm. to get Ben Simmons wanted out. Most of Philly wanted Ben Simmons out. Mm-hmm. So here was a move that, ne- that needed to be made. So... In the midst of all this hardened insanity, mm-hmm. Ben Simmons comes out and says if he were ever traded again, he'd only want to go back to Philly. How does that make you feel? How how does that make you feel? Let, let me let me let me put this out here. Because I feel like people need one. to understand. I believed in the process. I did. To an ex- to a certain extent, I still believe in the process. 
they didn't found many, many ways to screw this up. Mm-hmm. As far as Ben Simmons goes, I'm good. No, thank you. I'm cool. Ship is sailed. Truck train is left. Uh, in so the words, you're done with him. In the words of, in the words of Charlemagne the God, you can't reheat cold fries. That's that's what that is. Ben Simmons is cold fries. Oh, that's funny. That's a good you know one. It, it 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 is what it is. You know, mm-hmm. can't put that toothpaste back in the tube. Can't you know whatever that ship so- is sailed. So Harden, he insists he wants out. He's called more. You liar. You're looking around for trade options. Brooklyn says, hey, we got Ben Simmons for you. And you're not hearing anything you like from anywhere else. That's just completely off the table for you. I am not at this point in time. I'm like, whatever you, whatever, dude. Okay. And whatever. I, and I'm glad we went through all these yeah. hypotheticals yeah. because now I'm going to take you back to the end of the Sixers season when we had a Dio and Javon on for our yeah. last family meeting of this last year's season. Mm-hmm. You remember what I said then? What'd you say? Refresh all said, our memories. I said it was time to blow it up. Yes. And this was before Hot Harden mm-hmm. opted in mm-hmm. and decided to request yes. the trade. I do remember that. Blow it up. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with thinking Embiid is not a player you can win with. Mm-hmm. You can win with Embiid. Yes. You can't win with building your offense around Embiid, but you can win with Embiid. Mm-hmm. The Sixers have made too many mistakes along the way. There have been too many missteps. And now with Harden wanting out, it in my opinion, it's better to cut bait now, count your losses, and start the rebuild sooner than later mm. while you still have one of the most valuable assets in the league. Mm. See, and I think and if we go back to that conversation, I feel like that's kind of where we differ. I'm not and I am not against blowing it up. Mm-hmm. I am completely with you on the whole blow it up thing. Okay. But my thought is, if you blow this up, blow it all up. Exactly. Meaning, I agree. No, no, I'm saying get rid of everybody. I agree. Nobody stays. Oh, I agree. Oh, Okay. No, when I say while you still have one of the most, let me be clear, clarify that. When I say while you still have one of the most valuable assets in the league, I mean in Embiid. I mean, mean, blow it up and trade him now while his value is still at its highest. Okay. Okay. Rather than than two, three years from now when he says, I want out. And he's Mm -hmm. 30, he's in his 30s, is that big guy and his value while still likely high, won't be as high. Understood. Uh, Understood. Okay. So we're we're, we're, we're on the same page. page. Because I'm like, because my whole thing thing is, and and what I talked about, my previous point was, I believed in the process. So I believe that if you're going to blow it up, you do, 
You go through the plan that you had before and just do it right this time. Meaning, get rid of everybody. No signing, no signing mid players to max deals. But see, here's the beauty of it: at, if you do it at the point where you are right now, the situation is: Tobias' contract expires next year. Harden's money comes off the books next year. It's a one-year opt-in, and if you can find someone who's willing to take on money for Embiid, you can clear up a lot of space, have valuable draft picks, and money to sign high-quality players all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Going into the next offseason, you'll be, you'll be in position to do whatever you want, draft picks and free agency money. It doesn't have to be as long a process as it was the, last, was the time. last time. Okay, Because last time you were stuck with bad contracts Mm-hmm. that you had to get off the books before you could start rebuilding. Mm-hmm. This time, you're right now at that point where all that money's off the books. Mm-hmm. So this is the time to do time it. To do it. Yeah. My, like I said, if you're, if you're going to blow it up, all I'm saying is if you're going to do it, do it. Mm-hmm. You know, don't ask step, don't play around with it. Nah. Don't, you know, don't tiptoe around it. If you are going to blow it up, blow it up. Move Tobias for whatever the best you can get for get, Tobias is. Get rid of everybody. I don't, nobody stays. And B <laughs> goes. Tobias goes. Tyrese Maxey goes. Go. And what everybody you're looking for. Goes. And you're not looking for players in these trades. You're looking for mm-hmm. draft you're looking picks. looking for draft picks. Mm-hmm. So if, if so. At, at my at, at this point in time, you know, and it's like because I, all this is, is putting new lipstick on the same pig, right? Because unfortunately, because and and this is kind of what the Sixers are, and this is why I, I use that analogy, because even if somehow they figure out a way to piece this together and go back into this season with the same team, mm-hmm. I can see this team coming back. For winning forty-five to fifty games, mm-hmm. and losing in the second uh, round of playoffs. Yeah, but but that's just it. Like like we knew, we saw the end of last season coming a mile away. I mean, truth be told, if you go back to the show we did at the start of last year, mm-hmm. we had we had Kelvin Green on, former basketball yep. player, mm-hmm. and. The conclusion we came to in that conversation was, yeah, the Sixers may have made moves to make them slightly better than they had been previously, but both of us predicted another second-round exit yeah. based on the moves everybody else had made in the Eastern Conference but, but as well. I, I think on, but on the flip side, well, not even on the flip side, but, you know, to to play devil's advocate to, uh, to an extent. Right. It's I'm like... Listening. The the Sixers could say, "Hey, we won fifty four games last season." Mm-hmm. Now you, you and I, and I, I, what All I'm right. saying is, but but what, you and I know mm-hmm. what that fit. You know what that truly meant. Like our expectations were our expectations. Whereas you could say, I could see them going into the regular season winning a whole bunch of regular season games, finishing towards the top of the conference standings, 
mm-hmm. and still losing in the second round. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's just it. That's just the rub. Still losing in the second still round. Still losing in the second round. Where it's like, okay, hey, you know, we made we made such and such adjustments. Like at I can't I mean, honestly, in your lifetime, can you remember the last time the Sixers won fifty something game fifty four games? I don't even think the O one Sixers won fifty four games. Yeah, it may have been close. They were it may, have been, it may have been close. I, I you know, I, I don't have it in front of me, but what I'm saying is you would not have said last year's team was better than that 0-1 team. Mm-mm. You wouldn't have. You didn't have the same confidence you, you had in last year's team in that 0-1 team. Well, last year's team, I knew they were a second round exit team. Yeah, like, the 0-1 like, team. I don't want to necessarily say it was a better team, as much as it was a weaker East. Okay, but you. But you it, saw that. You team. know what Did I mean. You see that O one team as a team good enough to go to the finals, whether it be because the East was weaker or whatever. Could at, at you see that O one at the beginning right. of that season? No. By halfway through the season, yes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, before before or after the Matumbo trade, before the Matumbo trade, then the Ratliff injury happened. They had to get another big. You start to have questions. Mm-hmm. Then they bring Matumbo in, and you're like, okay, this team can make a run to the finals. Okay. At, at no point did I ever think they could beat the Lakers. Okay. No, I mean, no, no that, that's fine. But, but what I'm saying is, you, I mean, I, I understand that, but, but what, I what I'm think saying they, is, they could make ex- a run eventually, not mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. I did not come into those, that season with those expectations. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. But as Fair you enough. saw that, how that team was gelling and how they were dealing mm-hmm. with the rest of the East, mm-hmm. expectations went up. But at no point in time last season did you feel like your expectations was this team could get out the second round. No. It, that's that's my point. No. That, that's my point. And here's a team that won 54 games. Mm-hmm. And at no point in time did anybody, you know, did did many fans in this city see them as any better than the team was the last three teams that lost in the right. second round. So here's the thing about them winning 54 games last year. Mm-hmm. You got Boston and Milwaukee at the top of the East. Mm-hmm. And Giannis suffered an injury down later in the year that hampered him in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Boston, probably the most talented team at that point, but they're missing something. Boston is missing something? They're missing something. We're not here to talk Celtics basketball, mm-hmm. so I'm not getting into what they're missing. Mm-hmm. But that team is missing something. That's holding them back from getting to the next level. But Miami, they struggled during the regular season. So once you got beyond Boston and Milwaukee, who in the Eastern Conference really had the talent to beat Philly? Last season? Last season. I thought, you know, given – well – you know, we talked about it on excluding Boston and Milwaukee. Oh, maybe my maybe Miami, but who who struggled during the regular? Who struggled season. during the regular they season? Weren't a, but, they weren't a good regular season team last year. No, no, but I, I think they were they were almost opposite of they were, they were like opposite of the Sixers. Mm-hmm. 
where they'll struggle and not win a lot of regular season games. When the but playoff you know comes. To, but when the playoff comes, they know how to play yeah. above their level, whereas the 76ers proved that despite winning a whole bunch of games, they are who we thought they were. You know, they're no-shows in the big moments. Yeah. Whereas, big moment being game six, being up in the fourth quarter with four minutes mm-hmm. left. Or game, or game seven, winner go home. Not showing home, up at all. Not showing up at all. Not showing up at all. Right. There are no shows in the big moments, whereas Jimmy Butler and the Heat, they mm-hmm. w- under-talented, whatever you want to call them, they raise their level to the moment. They rise to the occasion. You, you, so you, you really chose a, a, a crappy – we haven't had a show in months, and you mm-hmm. choose the, the season premiere to pick mm-hmm. something sick. So – so the Sixers, yeah, yeah. Even if so, even if they were to ride out the season with the current roster, keep Tobias, talk Harden in the stand, and you go into next season with Harden and Tobias off the books, and you've got money to sign two max players or close to it, mm-hmm. who's out there that makes this team a championship contender with Embiid? Like at one point you thought, okay, maybe Jalen Brown's available next summer. Nope, he just signed no. the super net. He just signed the super max to stay in no. Boston because that's that's the thing. The guys who are going into their primes, coming off their rookie deal, about to go into that second deal where you're about to hit your prime. No. Nobody, nobody yeah. can pay you what like the team that drafted you. Mm-hmm. So you're you're very, and this got to be a terrible situation for those guys to walk away after their rookie deal. It just doesn't happen. So we're looking at getting more guys, 32, 33 plus, past their prime and trying to slap slap something together and hope it works. Lipstick on the pig, man. Is that what we're doing again rather than actually trying to build a core? Lipstick on the pig. Because look, it's not even like it. it I mean, what you do on draft night? What I do, we ain't had no picks. Exactly. So it's not even like we got a young, you know, somebody young coming in that you could hope kid. Mm-hmm. So, so my point is, it's not that the Sixers don't have talent. It's just that from where they are, the best use of talent would be rebuilding, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Max, right. you can right now probably flee somebody for Maxi. Who mm-hmm. thinks they could turn him into a superstar, not realizing he's not a playmaker? Yeah. Somebody's going to want to pay him max money to put the ball in his hands and think he's that star pl- playmaker. He's Lou Williams. Mm. It's a very Lou Williams is a very good basketball player. Mm-hmm. He he's not a star point guard. No, and he's too small to be your starting two because he can't defend the position. Real quick. uh, before we shift gears, because Lou Will just retired. Mm-hmm. The Hall of Famer. One of the greatest six men to ever play the game. He is the one of the greatest. He is one of the greatest six men to, to play the game. But you know, it's it's the six man. I'll say this. Based on everyone that is in the basketball hall of fame. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say that. Yeah, Lou, and, and and look, we we both know, we both know basketball that basketball. Is, everybody is. Yeah, basketball is different from baseball and and NFL, uh, in the NFL, 
Whereas pretty much, you know, listen, if you thought they were good, they're in. Yeah, basketball Hall of Fame is more like the Hall of Very Good. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, like some, like I've I've bemoaned baseball and football sometimes. Whereas it's like I I don't understand necessarily the criteria of who gets in and who doesn't. Whereas now, basketball is on the complete opposite of the scale. Where it's like now, to be fair, mm-hmm. basketball has twelve man rosters. Mm-hmm. Baseball is double the size, mm-hmm. and football is it's even bigger than that. Is more than four times the size of roster. Mm-hmm. So, four hundred and fifty NBA jobs right now, and the league is bigger than it was for most of its history. Yeah. So, even though it does seem like the percentages are higher. Mm-hmm. The guys that are getting in are great basketball players because to even make it to the league, to be one of 450 guys in the world who gets a job, yeah, you got to be great. Yeah. Like, great, great. Well, look, I'm not trying to say, like, I deserve to be in a Hall of Fame, you know. So I just want to be clear that when we say everybody gets in in basketball, like we're talking about the best of the best still. The very best of the best. It's yeah. just a higher percentage of the guys in NBA mm-hmm. tend to get in compared mm-hmm. to the other majors. But the other majors have bigger rosters, so mm-hmm. they should have smaller percentages getting in. Mm-hmm. Uh, real quick, Phillies. Mm-hmm. That's where I wanted to go next. Talk about the you, major sports. Let's, 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 Might as well get talk to the, talk some f- red and white pinstripes real quick. Well, there you well, well there you go. You know, coming. We're, we're in the middle of September. Mm-hmm. I'm you know I'm thinking this is a wild card team. Oh, definitely. And, and there's this thing about the Phillies where. During at least two playoff runs, the team they sent to the playoffs wasn't as good on paper as the Atlanta Braves, but yet they beat the Atlanta Braves. Mm-hmm. Well, right now, the Phillies are seventy nine and sixty seven, twelve games yep. over five hundred. Oh, mm-hmm. You know, it's good year. Good year. I think you know. Once again, the, the Atlanta uh, Braves are ninety six and fifty. Ninety six and fifty. That's already a great clinched year. The, already clinched the NL East. The East Phillies, is done. They clinched. The Phillies the attack, have the top wild card spot. Part. The mm-hmm. Phillies have the top wild card spot in the same division as the Braves. They're mm-hmm. seventeen games back. Not seven. Seventeen. Mm-hmm. And. That being said, the Phillies actually have the fourth best record in the National League. Mm -hmm. They are three games behind Milwaukee, seven and a half games behind, I'm sorry, three games behind the Milwaukee, nine and a half games behind the Dodgers. For those are the other top four teams in the National League. Mm -hmm. The Atlanta Braves. Are running away with this thing. Oh, yeah. Phillies had a monster June. Mm-hmm. Monster June. 
And what was crazy about that monster June was they still lost. They lost ground on the Braves. Mm -hmm. Imagine playing your heart out. I can't even. Uh, I'm, I'm sitting there looking at. It. I'm like, let's see. I don't even want to. Uh, I don't even want to get into counting like what they did, but they lost ground on the Atlanta Braves. Braves has just been a monster all year long. Mm -hmm. However, you know that that translating into post. You know, Braves still the same old Braves. I, I don't know that they are. Well, well you know. I don't, and that's the thing. This year's Braves team, I what, don't know that they are the same old Braves. This team, it feels a little different. Mm. I still think the Phillies can beat them. You but it the doesn't. Beat them in a seven, could, game, seven mm -hmm. game series. I could see it happening. Okay. It would require a good performance from Aaron Nola, who mm. you never know what you're going to get out of him. You could. He could show up one day and you watch him pitch and you be like, this guy could win a Cy Young. Or you show up watching pitch one day and you're wondering how he's in the majors as a starter. And 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 it still begs the question, do you give Aaron Nola that 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 boatload of money at the end of the season? No. And, and despite, I don't really think that that's really much of a question anymore after the season he's had. You know, I mean, if, if he's willing to sign a three-year deal. At twenty million a year, yeah, you can throw that at him, mm. but you're not giving him the big money. You're, you're, like, yeah, you're not. You're not backing you're up the truck for Aaron Nola. Right you're now. not even offering him as much as you were offering him at this before, mm. prior to this season, where I want to say it was like five years, twenty-two million a year or something. Mm. They were offering him, but I don't think that number went down yeah. at this point. Now he's definitely hurt himself. He's mm -hmm. definitely hurt himself, but it's like. You're sitting here. You're looking at this pitching. I'm looking at the starting rotation, mm -hmm. and I'm not sure. I think really Wheeler is probably your best bet. Wheeler, of course, is your number one. Not sure about Nola. Lorenzen came in, pitched that, pitched lights out in the first game, pitched a whole no a, a whole no hitter in his second game, and now it's starting to look like uh like that no hitter was his peak. Trailed off, still mm -hmm. got another got another win the other day, but still, I you know, at this point now, those I'm first not two sure games, yeah, the first two games don't seem to be the norm. Yeah. I'll say it that way. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But you know, I think is there's one thing for certain. I, I feel like the Phillies have proven once you get in, all bets are off. They proved that last season. Mm-hmm. All you need to do is get yourself a spot at the table and get hot. The thing about the Phillies is they have the bats that when they're hitting, they can score with anyone. Mm -hmm. The pitching staff, as inconsistent as they might be, when they're pitching well, they can keep anyone to three runs or less. Mm -hmm. So that's a combination that can win you series. Because it, Wheeler, we talked about mm -hmm. Nola, we talked about Ranger Suarez, and even Taiwan Walker can keep you to three, four runs or less. Mm 
mm-hmm. when he's going well. So all these guys give you opportunities to win with a op- with an offense that can score four to five runs yeah. on any pitcher when they're going well. And that's the thing about the Phillies. They're able, because of that, they're able to beat anyone. Mm-hmm. The thing that worries you is, unlike the Braves who go out and do it day in and day out, the Phillies will do it for five games, and then they'll not do it for five games. And- Phillies got a weekend series with St. Louis. They should be able to handle their business there. Mm-hmm. They go, they go on the uh, they're on the road in St. Louis, on the road in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a tough one. That's going to be a tough one. Come home for four games against the Mets. The Mets, yep. Four games against the Mets, followed by three games against uh, the Pirates, mm-hmm. and then they end this uh, the end With of the season. Three against the Nationals. Three against the no three against the Mets. Three against the Mets. Yep, Met. They go. They go. Cardinals. The Nationals aren't in there. Nah, nah, they're done with the, the Nationals. They're done with the Nationals? Okay. Done with the Nationals. It's two against the Mets. All right. No, three against the Mets. Three-game series against the Mets. No, two series against the Mets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. A home, uh, home against the Mets. They got four home against the Mets and three on the road against the Mets. hmm With uh, Pittsburgh in between. Okay. But with the exception of Atlanta, there shouldn't be a reason why the Phillies don't win all of those series. With the Mets and Pirates, the Phillies should be favored to win all 10 of those games. Yeah. I mean, the Mets sold at the deadline. And Pirates, Pirates, they had, Pirates. The, mm-hmm. the Pirates. Yeah. So those should all be winnable games. Cardinals, you should be able to handle your business this weekend. And maybe, and, and maybe, just you, maybe. You know, you could catch Atlanta slipping. They got the division. They don't have another meaningful game till October 7th. Yeah. Just maybe you might be able to catch them slipping. Maybe. They got, you know, 96 games, clearly the best team in uh in the NL. Mm-hmm. Home field, you know, they got home field on a lot. That just is what it, you know, that, that just ain't nobody yeah, catching. The 96 and 50, so they got 16 games left with a seven and a half game lead over yep. you know, over the next second place team in the NL. Yep. It should be their 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 top top seed should be theirs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excuse me. Let's say that right. The top seed you know, should be theirs exactly. fairly simply. They're gonna they're going to win hundred games. Mm-hmm. They're the best team in the league. Maybe, just maybe, Phillies can catch them slipping in that series. <laughs> Maybe just maybe. That's the thing. I don't know that it necessarily has to be them slipping. If mm-hmm. you look like this series that just ended with the Braves, the Phillies won one game. Two of those and had games, a chance to win two of them. Yeah, and, t- yep. and two of those games went to extras. Mm-hmm. So your one defensive play, one swing of the bat, one extra strikeout away from. Winning that series three one, mm-hmm. so so it's not, and that's what I mean. I want to say as good as the Braves are and as consistent as they are, the Phillies can still beat anyone. They're right there with, they're right there with them as far as talent and explosiveness and all these things. Mm-hmm. The Braves just seem to find a way to do it every day. Yeah. But to this Phillies team's credit. 
they seem to do it when it's winning time. Yeah, yeah, so, they do. And, 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 and when it, the it, race gets close, or they they seem like they need a win or something, or late in a game, they've got that we're not going away thing to them. What did Bryce, uh, Bryce Harper said it last year? We're not losing. We right. ain't losing. And he's mm-hmm. been clutch uh, down down the stretch this season. I, I, Trey I, Turner. I, Trey Turner. Let's let's talk about Trey for a second. That man, that man has changed the whole. That man has changed the whole culture of how we treat players who are dookie in this city. I'm glad you said that. I'm mm-hmm. really glad you said that because. Yes. He didn't change the culture. You, he you did not. Who did? He did oh. not. Okay. And because if you remember, Ben Simmons got cheered when he had to go to the free throw line during his struggle. Yeah, I, rem- I remember. The, yep, yep. The, the, the fans gave up on Ben Simmons when Ben Simmons decided he wanted to stop playing basketball. Yeah. But. The person I wanted to go to is is my real memory of this, mm-hmm. and, and this the the rally cry for me when everybody says we should love on our athletes and this that and mm-hmm. the other. They say, "Well, Trey Turner, we fixed it." No, remember Alec Bone. Mm. That's my line. Remember okay. Alec yeah. Bone. Yes. yes, I hate this. I hate this blank place, mm-hmm. and caught on camera, and he owns it. And he come, comes back the next night and he got an ovation. Look at the course of Bohm's career since then. Since, yes, yes. He's, he's been one of the Phillies' best hitters, one of the most consistent hitters all year long. Mm-hmm. He's no longer somebody you look at in the out, in the field and say, he's, he's stinks he's on defense, he's a no, liability, totally. he's a hole. He, he might not be winning a gold glove, but he's a solid defense defensive mm-hmm. player now. He... He's on his way to to almost being able to use the word star player with this guy. Yeah. With the with the consistency he hits with and his improved defensive ability. Yeah, you're almost saying he's one of the Philly star players at this point. And it went from I hate this place to he owned it and we loved him for owning mm-hmm. it. And, and we uh, well, I I think uh, honestly, this isn't new for Philly. Is my point. Mm-hmm. My thing. No, it's is, not. I, I think. I think <clears throat> we just want our guys to play hard, and not, we want our guys not quit. Yeah, we we want our guys to play hard, and I think if because Trey Turner was that high profile, high price free agent acquisition, whereas Bone was a young guy that came up within the system. So there was not. If you ask. The if you ask Mr. Baseball, somebody who loves baseball, your your baseball fan, who Trey Turner is, they're gonna know who Trey Turner is. They mm-hmm. might not necessarily know who Alec Bohm is. However, like to your point, yes, you know that's kind of where I, I think Alec Bohm is is a classic example of players that are beloved and who've been beloved in this city who haven't always played to the best of their ability. Mm-hmm. Alec Bohm has proved, hey, you know what? He screwed up and he owned it. To your point, yes, that's what he did. He owned it. And that's my thing. Like we, Trey Turner owned it as well. He he was clear, clear like, yeah, I'm not playing great. I'm in here working every day. And he was. Yep. He was extra hours before, after. And that's mm-hmm. what we want from our athletes. 
we can live with you not playing your greatest all the time. We can't live with you not giving your best effort all the time. Yeah, and and, and I, I feel like not and also not understanding the moment. Mm-hmm. Like the bottom line is if you're not playing, pe- fans are going to be frustrated with you. Mm-hmm. And and it's and it's and not earlier in the year, and that's what I mean. We say I say Trey Turner saying the right things. Didn't mean to cut you off, real quick. Mm-hmm. But like earlier in the year, like Trey Turner got booed, yeah. and he said, and he said, I, I get it. I'm not playing well. Exactly. And it's like, and, and that's just it. You know, it's like, it's all in how you react. It's all in how you take it. You know, if you understand, because it's it's not personal. It's mm-hmm. not. As much as people want to vilify the city of Philadelphia for booing players, it's never personal. If you struggle, people will be frustrated. If you are not playing to your expected ability or unfortunately, fortunately, however you want to look at it, your paycheck, you are going to get booed. People are going to be frustrated with you. If you take it personally and lash out at the fans, it will be worse. If you own it, you keep on working at it, and then you get better, you will be cheered. You will be embraced. Mm-hmm. And it's prob- and probably more than before. Whereas, like, you look at where Bohm is. Bohm was a middling young player who mm-hmm. was growing up. He owned it, and now he's on the crest of – you know, on, being one of the Philly stars, being a star, Trey yeah. Turner as well. You know, he went from you know, you know, if you want to call it for lack of a better term, a charity uh, ovation to a real ovation. You know, mm-hmm. and you look at you look at the ovation he got before you know what when he was struggling to once when he started hitting. And, and the ovation cheer, he's, the getting he's getting now, yeah, yeah. Like those, you know, those fans he, down at Citizen Bank are juiced every time he comes up now. Exactly, and that's all you need. And 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 the thing was, and I said it to see, and I had said it to see, because people were really down on Turner, and I'm sitting here like I, I refuse to get down on him. I, yes, he is he is, he's stinking up the joint. Trey Turner has been dookie this year. But the thing was, we were saying the same thing about Castellanos last, last year. year. Mm-hmm. And what did he do? Uh, he turned had... it. He turned it around. Mm-hmm. And he turned it around at the right time. He made so a couple play, me, big plays for us going down the stretch in the playoffs, and then come back this season. He's way. He's like, oh, these fans do have my back. I just got to exactly. go play. Exactly. And now he came good. back way more comfortable. So to me, it's like, all right, the bottom line is we didn't sign this man to a boatload of money for a boatload of years. Be patient. Mm-hmm. You know, it, whoever they go out and get next, you know, next winter, if they come in and they struggle, you know, at the beginning, be patient. Maybe give them a standing ovation to start the season. I don't know about that, but... <laughs> But 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 nonetheless, patience you know patience is a virtue. We'll be all right. You know they get to the let them get to the playoffs. Let's see if they if once again these bats can all come around at the same time, and we'll see how far it goes. Let's see how this pitching shakes out. 
you know, mm-hmm. there are some question marks, but we'll see. So, um, you think we're about all caught up on Eagles and Sixers? I mean, in Phillies and Sixers now? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, yeah. Are you saying it's now time for the main it's, course? It's it's time. I mean, we what else we got to talk about? You 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 want to talk Flyers? We could talk Flyers. No, it's, that, that, no. Let's be quick. Let's talk Flyers. They stick. Uh, yeah, yeah. Flyers. All right, I'm I'm done. What else you flyers got? Straight, <laughs> straight dookie with corn in it, and there's no reason to even talk about them. I I, I can't. Uh, let, all right, come on, man. Let's, let's, uh, honestly, though, real quick, I will say this. Uh huh. The Flyers do actually seem to have a plan this time for their rebuild, as opposed to previous years, where it just like. What are you doing? You're bad and you keep signing mid-level dudes who would keep you right where you are. That seemed directionless before. Now they actually seem like they have a plan. So we'll see how it works out. Eagles. Okay. Eagles are 2-0 this season. How do you feel about that 2-0? Eagles look like – would. the Eagles look like a team who lost – two key coordinators who lost, who have had some injuries on defense, whose star players didn't play a lick of preseason football. That's funny you say that. Because you say they look like a team that lost two key coordinators. Mm-hmm. To me, they look like a team that lost one coordinator. What Sean Desai is doing on defense in many ways, feels eerily similar to Gannon to me. You're talking about and, soft coverage? Mm-hmm. Soft coverage, and you don't see you no, you don't see Desai sends a lot of blitzers either. Mm-hmm. So, so it's basically to the, get there with your front, with your with four man rush, mm-hmm. and you're playing back on the line off the line more often than not with the soft coverage. Those were hallmarks of what Gannon did. Yep. And so from that extent, you know, decided he came in, talked about being more aggressive, but you've yet so to see far, that aggressiveness. Yeah. So far I'm yet to see that. Now the offense, yeah, we definitely lost the offensive coordinator. It's you, still, you know, oh, go ahead. I was just real quick. It's still Sirianic's playbook and play design and all that, but it feels like a new play caller, and we can get more into that in a second. Go ahead. What were we about to say? Nah, you know, you, me, our good friend Javon offered from uh, Total Sports Live. You know, we like to text each other during the games. Like to keep an open line of communication during the games, and I remember watching thir- the Thursday night game against Minnesota, and I'm sitting there saying this offense is just seems blah. Uh, the word I used was clunky. Clunky. You use clunky. I use blah. Like mm-hmm. just, you know, just uh, there. There's no sizzle to the steak. They just look like they're out there going through going through the motions. Mm-hmm. See now here. I, I don't feel like they're going through the motions. Here's what I see. You remember, let's think back to Sirianni's first year here. Jalen Hurts' mm. first year as the starter. Okay. Do you remember what that offense looked like when Sirianni was playing the call, calling the plays? 
kind of vanilla. They were trying to put too much in Hertz's hands. Mm-hmm. They were going playing pass first or Hertz run, and it wasn't working. Mm-hmm. And then you remember when they what they did when they started winning games? Started running the ball. They started running the ball. This offense, as great as Her- Jalen Hurts was last year, even mm-hmm. works off the run. All those run options where people see Hurts making the highlight run, that works because the defense got sucked in on the fake handoff to the running back. Mm-hmm. That they get sucked in on that fake handoff because the actual handoffs to the running backs have been effective. Mm-hmm. So if you're not actually running well with your backs, you can't go to the rest of the stuff in that offense. You got to go out there, smack a D line in the mouth, hit some linebackers in the mouth and run for six yards a pop, make them pull, bring their defense up. And now those play actions and read options and stuff are there mm-hmm. because they're overreacting to the run action. You That's need to, what this offense is built on: runs and run action. And you need, you need to be able, you need to feed that O line. Mm-hmm. That O line needs to start the game eating. You know, just getting behind them and just pushing downfield. You look at that game on Thursday, and when did the tide change? When did it, when did you start to feel the shift? When they started giving the second quarter, space, when they started running the ball. When they started running the ball with their sweat. backs, like yes. that's what I mean. Like first quarter, they're trying to run that re- run action stuff, the R- mm-hmm. RPOs and things yeah. with Hertz, but they haven't established the run, run with the run with the running backs. Mm-hmm. So when he fakes the handoff to the running back, the edge rusher is still sitting there waiting for Hertz to pull it out, mm-hmm. and because they haven't established that they can be dominant with the run yet. Gainwell in week one was okay, but mm-hmm. there was no fl- nothing that flashed that said special. Mm-hmm. So Swift not- was special uh, so, on Thursday. So what they showed in week one and through the first quarter of week two was nothing that's going to make a defense overcommit to try to stopping your run game. Mm-hmm. That's what made this Eagles offense so dangerous was that defenses had to overcommit to the run game with the mm-hmm. running backs. Not just Miles Sanders was a thousand yard rusher last year. Yeah. And that's with fewer carries, fewer touches in some games than many of us would have liked. But he still was a thousand yard rusher. This offense goes as the running game goes. And you saw and Jay, you saw that on Thursday. Mm-hmm. You saw that on Thursday. The tide changed when they started giving when they started pounding that ball with Swift, and we were wondering after week one where was Swift? Why why did we not see so much of Swift? Why you know? And we we're still a- asking that question about Penny. Although mm-hmm. in the few in the few times that I saw Penny, it kind I, I was a little worried. Penny is not the explosive back that Swift is. Penny's the bigger bruiser back that can keep consistently keep you moving forward. So there are t- 
times and situations for his for Penny. You don't there. I for me, Penny and Swift are almost an ideal complement of backs mm-hmm. because they do very different things and they can both be very effective at what they do. Mm-hmm. The thing with where with the Eagles where you won't see Penny shine as much as he could is that they like to use their quarterback in short yardage running situations. And those are situations where Penny would excel as well, but a lot of times they're just going to put the ball in Hertz's hands for that. Mm-hmm. But what do you, I, what do you think? What do you think? I, all these, I, like, uh, I like the combination of Penny and Swift rather what, than Gainwell. Cause for some reason, this coaching Scott staff likes Gainwell a lot. Like they really like this kid Gainwell a lot. And I think Gainwell's okay. I'm not as high on him as this coaching staff seems to be. What do you think of all these people criticizing the tush push? Nothing. I don't think about them at all. Why? It's plays legal, right? Yeah. Play is legal. Refs never thrown a flag for the on the Eagles for running mm-hmm. that play. But what do you think about people who say it should be made illegal? It's still legal, right? Mm-hmm. Refs have never thrown a flag on the Eagles for running that play, right? Right. And it it works. Stop it. Yeah. Stop it. What's wrong with what's wrong with that? What's wrong with instead of saying, hey, we need to outlaw this play, telling your defensive line, get in the gym. Stop getting pushed All around right. by a quarterback. Here's how I feel about that. In I want to say it was the late 60s, mm-hmm. early 70s. Mm-hmm. Dunking was outlawed in college basketball. Yep, I remember. The, well, I don't remember, though. I, I know the story. The Dunking was outlawed in college basketball because of one person was too big and too strong for anyone to stop. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Lou Alcindor at the time, who yep. became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Nobody could do anything with it, so they outlawed Dunking. Pros never outlawed Duncan. You want to stop them from dunking, play defense. You know, if the college level said, oh, well, we, you know, we don't want this play, fine, whatever. You get the kids, whatever. You want to make it fair, whatever. The, this is the this is the pros. Mm-hmm. You want to make something pe- fair in the pros? Get better, and then you can compete. Mm-hmm. If they're better than you, that's your fault. That's not about fair. Mm-hmm. Fair is when this team has the same salary cap as that team. Yeah. Um, I, I agree. I agree. I, I, you know, it just sounds like a bunch of whining. Mm-hmm. You know, just it, which has been pretty much par for the course this whole offseason. People just find stuff to whine about. You know, it's just on and on. Just, just whining. Just fan bases whining. 49ers fans whining. Cow- Cowboys fans whining. People hate to push push whining. 49ers fans. Oh man. Those dudes. And even they even got like it must be something in their contracts. Because they yeah. even got Javon Hargrave on the action, like when he got out there. Yeah, as soon as he got about, out there, first thing Hargrave started doing is whining. Start talking about, yeah, you know, it may might have been different if they had a quarterback. And I, you know what? Here's my thing. Everybody's talking about it might have been different if they had a quarterback. They started the game with a quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. What happened to their quarterback? quarterback so if they, started, 
So they started the game with two active quarterbacks, and they finished the game with no healthy quarterbacks. That means you're not protecting your quarterbacks. But you your want coach a, is an offensive genius. You want a you want a quarterback protect them. But their coach is an offensive genius. His scheme will will protect the quarterback. His scheme had a third string tight end blocking a guy with eighteen sacks. That's his scheme. And then everybody love loving on Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. What what do you think Tom Brady sees does when he sees that place cut in the in there? He's like, you're blocking Hassan Reddick with who? Mm-hmm. You, th- you don't think Tom Brady checks or shifts the protection? You don't think Aaron Rodgers checks or shifts the protection? Mm-hmm. This is, but you're in love with Brock Purdy. He didn't check or shift the protection. He took mm-hmm. the hits. He was under siege the whole game. Yep. yep. So and you, you saw know, what happened to him. So your scheme wasn't that great. Your quarterback, quarterback wasn't that, that great. great. And the and combination that- of both of them not being that great got two quarterbacks hurt. Do you know? Uh, do you know a lot of 49ers fans? Do you have 49ers fans as friends. No, I got one 49ers friend. Uh, he's been a 49ers fan like pretty much as long as I've known him. And I had to, I had to tell him, I'm like, dude, what happened to you? When we were kids, you used to talk to me about the 49ers winning championships. <laughs> you were talking about Joe Montana and Roger Craig and Steve Ronnie Young, Rod, Jerry, Steve Rice. Young, Jerry Rice. That's what you used to talk to me about. Mm-hmm. This guy now is talking to me about how their week one win was better than our week one win. And I'm just like, dude, what happened? You should be ashamed of yourself. If Joe Montana was dead, he'd roll over in his grave if he heard how you're talking right now. Joe Montana's alive, though. I, I know. I, I know. I'm just saying, <laughs> if, he was, if he was dead, he'd roll over in his grave. Right now, he's just ashamed. And I, I, I'm just like, bruh, what is. Go- what is ro- you're, you're talking, 49ers fans are talking about their week one win was better than our week one win. And at no point in time do they say, hey, it's week one. You know what, you know what though? Our week 20 win was better than their week than their 20 week. win. <laughs> our week 21 win was better than their week 21 loss. No, they, they weren't in week 21. Oh, it was week twenty-one the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Oh. oh no, no are right. we? T- no, you're right because it's eighteen okay. regular season. You're right. Yep. It's eighteen weeks in the regular season now. I'm no, still no. thinking. I'm still thinking seventeen. Yeah, yeah, but 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 nonetheless. Yeah. But nonetheless, at at this point in time, I there's. Let me it, let me put this question to you. Two games in the books. Hmm. Neither of them anywhere close to perfect. However, is there anything that you have seen so far this season that you feel cannot be fixed with just adjustments? Adjustments and better play. Linebacker depth can't be fixed with adjustments. Mm Mm-hmm. I was pleasantly surprised with how Nick Morrow played last night against the mm-hmm. Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, Nicobe Dean, I'm still high on, but he's got to get healthy. 
Try to get healthy. I thought Cunningham played a better game in his second game than his first. I was just about to say that as well. Mm-hmm. Cunningham seemed to be playing a better game in week two as well. But there is a there's a severe lack of depth at that position. Yeah, definitely. Yep. And I don't know at this point if there's any adjustments for our punter slash punt coverage combination. Cause that's been shaky since last season. Mm-hmm. And even up last up to last night, there was a punt return that was brought back into Eagles t- territory inside the 30 la- yard line. Guy just happened to fumble at the end of it, yeah. but they gave up the big return. If he holds on to the ball, who knows? It could yeah. be a very different game at that situation. In that mm-hmm. situation, so that's something that's been an ongoing problem. We know how he typically doesn't invest a lot in the positions that tend to be special teams players. Mm-hmm. So, like your linebackers, we don't need, like. There's no depth at linebacker at all. So uh, unless you got, you have to have starters out there if you're to cover plus special teams, mm-hmm. and then you don't. You lack a lot of depth at safety, got things like that. So that's going to affect your special teams. You know, you you have a lot of money invested in your lines, a lot of money invested in your corners and receivers, and now your quarterback as well. So something's got to suffer. You know, some of those depth guys and special teamers. So yeah, I don't know that there's any adjustments for that. Yeah, uh, but I, I I think those but those are things that I think the Eagles have the best chance of being able to hide and work around. I think though there will be times when it's prevalent when you, I hear you. see it. The special teams thing keeps showing up. Like Big punt return after big punt return. There was mm-hmm. one in the Super Bowl. There was one this week. Like it mm-hmm. happens fairly regularly. It, 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 it happens, but but like you said, with the attention that they have paid to other to other spots, mm-hmm. there's not much that they can do about that other than just hopefully you know hopefully draft or sign the right free agent to fill mm-hmm. those holes. And that's, that's something the thing. That like, work those around. are. But those are positions they don't tend to invest a lot of cap draft capital in. No, either. I mean what, what I'm saying is like you know you're undrafted free agents. You got you know but you're going to again you have to try and find so, a, a diamond in the rough somewhere. But even in those like even like there are three linebackers on the roster total. You see what I mean? Like it's yeah. not. Like, this is what I mean. I'm saying like they're not investing in those positions. Like they're not even looking for they're guys that there. play those positions. <laughs> they don't even have any linebackers. That's, they literally, yeah, right. Yeah. That that's what I'm, like they're like really ignoring those positions. Mm-hmm. Th- those depth linebackers are guys who can tackle. Mm-hmm. Those are guys who will come down the field and hit somebody on special teams. You know, your third, fourth safety is somebody who comes down and hits somebody on special teams. Yeah, those yeah. guys aren't on the roster. Mm-hmm. I understand. I understand. All right. Well, look, man. Next Monday. Now they go from having the first game of week two 
Mm-hmm. They're playing the last game of week three. So their next game is Monday against. Oh, uh, oh yeah, they got the mini buy. Yeah, they got the mini buy. They got the mini buy plus one. So they don't even get 10 days. They don't even have 11 days. days. They get 11 get days because they go, they come back and play Monday. Mm hmm. Went from so, Thursday to Monday against Tampa Bay. Mm hmm. I think, you know, I, I think that's a winnable game. I think that's, you know. Baker Mayfield doesn't scare you. Who who originally drafted Baker Mayfield? I, you know, my memory's not great. Yes, it is. But I want to say it, it yes, was it um the Cleveland yes. Browns. And what do I always say about them? They're going to Brown? Mm-hmm. It don't matter if he's not on that team anymore. <laughs> he, he's still one. them. It's he's he's still blood. one of them. Yeah, he's still one of them. At some point, Todd Baker Mayfield's going to Brown. He's going to Brown with the uh, – He's gonna brown with the with the Bucks. So you don't They're see Tom Bowles real- being able to fix him. They 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 will be begging Tom Brady to come back <laughs> by Thanksgiving if they're not on the phone with him already. No, I actually think Tom's done this time. No, I I, I agree. Yeah, Tom Tom's finished. Tom Tom's ready. He, he's just waiting on Ken right now. He's like, look, pretty much. And, that man done let football ruin his marriage. He, he's like, look, man, it's all I can do now. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm good. Right off into the sunset. Let me just right off into the sunset. Let me try and let me just look at all my rings. All seven of them. All seven of them. Exactly. That's a lot of rings. It's all seven of them. All right, man. Look, season premieres in the books, bro. It's been a fun hour. It has been, man. We got to we got to do this again. You See, know, I, that's why I wanted to start with the Sixers. So we can start on the down note, and then we we can pick back up. You get the Phillies who are rolling. You got the, the, the Phillies are rolling. Two, the Eagles two, two and two and zero. Oh. Yeah, two I just wanted oh. to get I just wanted to get the the down stuff out the way early. That's all. All right, we'll look. See, you feel much better I, now. I do. I don't know <laughs> if I can. I, I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know if I can talk about the Sixers next show. <laughs> I don't know if I have it in me to talk about. You know, if there's news, if there's Sixers news, if there's a Sixers story to talk about, we don't we have talk to talk about the Sixers. We don't have to talk about the Sixers again unless there's news until training camp opens. Good, good. Oh, okay. Like, That's fine. I mean, I understand. Like, we will, we will talk Sixers. When camp I, I opens, want, unless there's yeah. news. We just, you know, we had a summer break. We had to recap real quick. We had missed some things. Yeah. I'm, I'm 60. Don't talk to me about the six. <laughs> anyway, you let us know what you think of this podcast. Hit us up, Facebook, uh, Instagram, or X slash Twitter. I was about to say Twitter still. I mean, like, whatever. If you like go this to X, this X thing. Right, if you go to twitter.com, it'll still come up. Still, yeah. yeah, exactly. But you know, whatever, Twitter X, whatever, whatever you want to call it. But we're at Jonesy and Brown. We're at BITW Sports. Remember, you can download this podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Just go to bitwsports.com. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the world famous Jonesy and Brown podcast. That over there. 
Oh, sorry. Over, over there. Mm-hmm. Over, yeah. yeah, there that you right go. There, there, that right there is Mike Jones. Best job, bro. You guys have a great weekend. We'll talk to you guys next week. Peace, y'all. Peace. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. You're listening to Jonesy and Brown. Brown.